0: The hardest choices require the strongest wills.
1: Lights, camera, action.
2: Welcome to Mixed Take, a world outspoken podcast as film, television and entertainment are influenced by the mixing of cultures and heritages in the United States. We are here to discuss, to nerd out over it, to gush over it and all of the above.
1: Yes, I'm Dani Elisea. In this episode, we're talking about Marvel Comics. Yeah, I'm Robert
2: Rivera, by the way. <laughs> and I never said my name. You didn't. No. But that's who I am.
1: That's Robert Rivera. Yes. And he's still Robert Rivera. Still, yeah. I'm still Donnie Alisea. And like I mentioned... Today is all about the MCU. If you That's tuned right. in last week to our third episode of the season, we talked DC. So if you want to know our thoughts on that, go to episode three if you missed it. Um, Rob, what's your quick take on today's discussion? My quick take is that Marvel is not shy
2: about diversifying their their world, their movies. Um, and then they're not shy about telling you that they're diversifying their their film. They're very, in my opinion, very proud of this. of of this feat. But what I wanna talk about today is that they really revolutionize the comic book world or is it just a bunch of hype? Right. How about you, what's your quick
1: take? My quick take is kind of off of that. Are they diversifying in the right way? So last week we talked about race bending, race swapping, and in, in this world it's very much the same where in some regard, there's new characters that they're introducing uh, Miles Morales is an example and then in some instances they're taking white male characters and just you know kind of giving them brown skin or something like that and so um, you know is this really the the direction that we want to go and you know do we want the if there are these diversification steps being taken you know, does it need to be so blatantly obvious? Of like, this person is diverse because, you know, they they say it instead of just showing it. So, I hear that. Are they taking the right steps? Yes. Maybe, maybe not. Um, we'll we'll talk about it in this episode. So what we'll do, we'll we'll talk more about the diverse multiverse uh, as the show goes on. But for now, let's press rewind on this episode of Mixed Tape. What are Marvel comics,
2: and what is your relationship with it?
1: So I think my relationship with Marvel started with uh, X Men, and so I was never really a comic book person. I I grew up my older brother. He's about seven years older than me. He was a huge comic book guy. So I remember like seeing them around the house. But if I touched them, I would get in trouble. Uh, You know, again, being the the younger sister and you know, all that. So comic books weren't necessarily my thing. um, But probably um, when the first X-Men movie came out, Oh my goodness! I was such a fan, super duper captivated. Now you've shared some history stuff with me about Marvel and X Men. If, if you want to share with our audience, just like where they kind of stand in the like, kind of on the periphery of the yeah. MCU and licensing and all that stuff. So if you want to do some educating, because I, I found it very insightful.
2: Yeah, I'm no expert here, but um, Marvel, um, I believe, ran into some financial trouble trouble back in whatever, maybe the late 80s, early 90s or so, um, or in the 90s. And uh, one of the ways to rectify this was to license out their characters to different film studios. And so for a long time, obviously, we, it took a long time to get Spider-Man into the MCU. Mm-hmm. That's because the rights, it's all, it's all very confusing, but Sony has the rights to Spider-Man. And so they worked out a deal with, Marvel Studios proper to include him in the in these films. Isn't uh, that crazy? X Men <laughs> was uh, under the jurisdiction of of Fox, but mm. now Disney owns Fox, so right. in that sense they bought back the rights to X Men movies, to Daredevil and and other characters like that. So uh, I think even Hulk, the Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, distribution rights belong to Universal or something like that where and, and that's why we don't have a standalone standalone Hulk movie in the MCU.
1: yet, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know how, the, how these things work yeah. but anyway, yeah. So S-
1: such an interesting like piece of the whole, yeah why things are kind of a little more segmented and
2: mm-hmm. Well, yeah if you if you listen last time, you know that my favorite uh, my favorite <laughs> comic. Mm -hmm. company is dc however
1: that's not because of batman because of batman yeah Yeah. for sure
2: but that's not to say i don't have a relationship with marvel comics at all Mm -hmm. i woke up early saturday mornings was it saturday mornings i don't remember when it was but there was a show mornings it could have been i don't remember when the show was on but it was called spider-man and his and his amazing friends
0: Mm.
2: and it was about spider-man and he was joined but he was joined by Iceman, the x men Oh X-Men. yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. And then
2: they created a new character called Firestar. Yeah, Correct. Firestar. She <laughs> kind of reminded me a little bit of the Human Torch from
1: Yeah.
2: from Fantastic. Fantastic 4. Yeah. And those three hung out and fought crime together. I don't know why those three were put together, but that was the show. Spider-Man and his and his amazing friends, other people would make cameos, whatever. That's that was my introduction to Spider-Man. I think that show came out in like 1981. Shmoo! The Incredible Hulk TV show, Donnie. Do you do you remember that show at all? 19, uh, 1978 is when that show came out.
1: I do. Okay, so I do remember the, the Hulk, and particularly Lou Ferrigno. And what always baffled me, I remember, um, you know, like, he gets big, and it's like, rawr, and he turns into the thing. But only his shirt would rip off and not his shorts. And I was like, why aren't his shorts ripping off? Because <laughs> isn't, like, his whole body just getting bigger? Anyway, that was, like... As like, I mean, of course, the show was amazing, and I was super amazed. You know, like I loved. You, you the were show. waiting for a shorts to off. I was waiting for wow. the Hulk's shorts wow. to off. Wow. It was just yes. odd that everything came off but his shorts. Cringe, Even his shoes came stuff. off. <laughs> how do you, how did you like the Hulk?
2: Um, yeah, I I, I remember thinking it was kind of cool. Looking back, it looks it looks super cringe. I don't, um,
1: looking back, I don't even think it looks cringe. I think it's cringe. No? <laughs> no, to this day, I think it's awesome. I don't know. Maybe it's the kid in me.
2: Now, you mentioned X-Men. There was an X-Men cartoon that, that came out in the early 90s, and that was my introduction to X-Men.
1: Really? Okay.
2: And I think X-Men is kind of a great place to start in terms of diversity because the yeah. entire theme of, of X-Men is the other. Mm-hmm. The other that is not accepted in society. And so they mm-hmm, use that mm-hmm. to really represent a diverse group of people in the United States, but um, whatever whatever you think, whoever you identify with as an underrepresented group, that's kind of what X-Men is all about. Yeah. And so um, that's that's kind of where where my mind kind of gravitated toward when, or let me say this, that's where my, my heart started to gravitate toward, was, was toward the X-Men because of their diverse group of, of people um, different the different powers, and mm-hmm. it was kind of my gateway into Marvel. Yeah. Into Marvel. So when the movies came out, yeah, they were they were awesome.
1: Yeah, man. Now that you say that, I really do. I, I completely agree that the diversity aspect with the X Men, in in inherent in the story, could even one could even say is the immigrant journey, is the like you said, the outcast, or um, those that just don't feel a part um maybe looking back where they missed was you know even looking thinking back to the main characters that you know for the most part they're white guys mm-hmm. um with the exception of the phoenix film but even that's a, a white gal yeah. so Storm. yeah so um and and she was um one of the main characters but mm-hmm. by no means was she the lead character she was a supporting right. supporting right. cast so even in that, you know, in this world of other and mutants and outcasts, um the the key main players were were still for the most part white men.
2: Yep. Nope, I hear that.
1: What a miss. What a miss. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: which which X-Men is the coolest? Oh. Oh, which who's your, who's film? Your fav- no, who's your favorite X-Men?
1: Oh, X- Wolverine, hands down. Actually, my dog is named after Wolverine. His name is Logan, my dog. And Wolverine. Uh, yeah. Wolverine is also named Logan. Ig- after your dog? My, <laughs> So my dog is named after Wolverine, yeah. and my dog's name is Logan. Like, Wolverine's name is Logan. Gotcha. Sorry, that was really long. Gotcha. Who's your favorite I, character? I,
2: I think I, I'd probably go Wolverine as well. However... Uh, I think growing up, I really loved Nightcrawler.
1: Really, but he's
2: the guy who can uh,
1: flash and like appear in these different. Yeah. if you ye- give it
2: teleport, that's the word. Thank I'm, you. I'm I,
1: I yeah. Yes. I, all I in my mind, all I saw was like his A little l- poof. Yeah, his lingerings when he poofs away. Yeah. Wow, that's good. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think. Um, and and I will say, I uh, to me, the Wolverine story was done so well. From his origins all the way through, I, for me it was—I loved learning his backstory and his brother. That is and, cool. You know all that stuff.
2: The opening sequence of of the origin is cool. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of falls, the <sighs> kind of fall off the I, wagon, and
1: though Wolverine is pretty good. Uh huh.
2: The ending is kind of weird to me, but Logan is a masterpiece. Oh
1: my goodness. I, I don't know how they saved the best for last if you have not seen the film, Logan, do yourself a favor take some time this weekend
2: be in a good headspace though
1: yeah it's 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 a deep one
2: yeah, it's a hard one
1: it is but it's Oh, man it I, I agree. it's a masterpiece from from beginning to end love who they they cast um, for, the, for everything is is just a wonderful story yeah. and with that, Let's uh, travel the quantum realm and press play.
2: Speaking of quantum realms, yeah. I I still haven't finished Ant-Man. Quantum Mania. I oh. started it and I'm just I put it on pause and I said I'll get back to this. You know, and then my Disney Plus subscription ran out and I was like, eh. Eh,
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, Ant-Man is just the most disappointing. For me. Whoa, 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 whoa. I I All the will way say it. wait. Part one I will. S-
2: part one's one of the best MCU movies. No. Are you
1: kidding no, me? no. What? He is just the guy what who's the guy that plays him? Paul Rudd. <sighs> I don't even like his name. He I, no offense to you as a human being, but <laughs> Wow His caricature yes. is that it of Ant Man is is too Silly! It's too wonky. I it's too him. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No. Like, uh, I just do not like how almost uh, space cadetty. Like his head is just in the clouds all the time. I, I don't. I just don't like him. Untrue.
2: <laughs> he saved. He saved the world.
1: I mean,
2: well, a rat <sighs> saved the world, but he. <laughs>
1: I mean... He kind of no. like tripped
2: into the, mal- into the quantum realm or something right? that. Exactly. Was, it wasn't snapped because of it, whatever. It, it was just I, too I like
1: accidental that. and... Perfect. Perfect. Uh, I mean, not that I, I don't mind accidental, but I do mind when, I don't know, somebody that... Uh, uh, he was just...
2: I don't know. Donnie doesn't like it.
1: I did not like it. I didn't
2: like it at all. I really like both. Oh, one and two.
1: Really? Yeah, well, two
2: is hilarious. Where he's, where he's, um, like in house arrest. <laughs> yeah, though. No, the uh, a giant ant playing the drums. Come on. <sighs> there
1: are, there, I mean, maybe there's like funny it's moments. Daddy daughter stuff. I don't know. I'm no. a sucker. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe. I, I'm i not a sucker. I, I, Who I am. I, <laughs> I was. I was really hoping. I was really hoping to like the films, even after one. I was like, you know what? Let me give it another shot. I, you know, it's Michelle Pfeiffer for crying out loud. I just was not in, not into it. But anyway, moving on from Ant Man. Sorry, Paul Rudd. Uh, not everybody's gonna like everything that every every artist puts out. Into you also a- erase
2: Michael Pena by erasing those movies.
1: Look at Michael Peña does no wrong in my eyes. He's, He's pretty great fabulous. in those movies. He really, he was awesome. I am not going to lie about that, but I don't know. Even Michelle Pfeiffer, she did her thing. I was like, okay, I'm I'm here for Michelle. She was okay.
2: Michael Douglas was better.
1: Mike, oh, Michael Douglas. He's and, a cheat. And, and um, the uh, girl. Lily. I, What's her name? Oh, my goodness. I'll have to look it up yeah. for you. I, I, I forget.
2: Evangeline Lily. That's her name? Yep.
1: Oh, what a pretty name. Thank you. Um <laughs> yeah, not a fan, but anyway, moving along. Um we're play we're pressing play on this episode, right? Is that? Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, Donnie, who is the most impactful character of color in a Marvel film? MCU, Sony, whatever.
1: Okay. Um, so we'll just do Marvel in general first. Okay. I would probably say, uh, Miles Morales. Uh, he is the character that has the most like kind of, um, clearly defined culture about him. He doesn't have to say who he is. You just see who he is and enjoy who he is and you know like the music that he listens to the jays that he wears um you know talking to his mom in spanish and you know that kind of thing you just like really get a sense for his individualized like his identity being an afro-latino living in new york Uh, so i I would say they uh, marvel did a great job with that character how about you um, well, the most impactful well let me oh, let me just say please. I I
2: really I like that I like that explanation and it is true they're not throwing it in your face of you're kind of figuring out like who mm-hmm. he is as the movie unfolds which, yeah. which i totally love that I'm gonna actually go black Panther though because that was the first time that we saw like this all black cast mm-hmm. in a pop culture comic book movie. I know people will say, oh, Blade, Blade is the first black superhero, got it. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like almost everybody in the movie was black.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah. It
2: was, it was predominantly a black, cla- black cast mm-hmm. um, taking place in Africa, taking place in the United States. You had African versus African American, that struggle of, of seeing um, cultures from different angles and um, trying to deal with with this idea of colonization and, and what do we do with that and is there is there is retribu- retribution um, the way to go or, or mm. are there peaceful ways to unite you know or or sh- should there be unity in the world? should there be peaceful solutions? And,
1: <sighs> I tell you I tell you what Michael B. Jordan played the heck out of the role killmonger. I would I would put him actually in probably my top 4 MCU favorite characters because Thank you. because I hear he, people hating on that
2: on his uh on his role in that movie.
1: Oh no. I remember mean, that
2: terrible take on Ant-Man that you had? <laughs> I've heard people have terrible takes on on Michael B Jordan.
1: Listen, Michael B Jordan The, the show king. The, I mean, he he had such great points. it's it's as old as the Malcolm X, Martin Luther King Jr. It's two kind of takes on something that is pervasive, that is systemic, that is you know in the fabric of of cultures. Um, this it's it's a hugely complicated topic of civil rights and how to address civil rights and get justice for um for our our citizens it is not you know is it all love is it all war i'm not sure but is there a place for both probably it it does take some civil unrest sometimes it does take citizens kind of getting up in arms and being like we're not going to take this anymore actually moving so yes you can love and kind of have a peaceful approach um but you know, at a, at a point, it's like well, there needs to be action, and and not to say that those like Martin Luther King, I would never say he wasn't a man of action. Obviously, he was. But I just, you know, as I was watching those films, I'm like, Killmonger has has a a great perspective here. Maybe it's not exactly right or totally moral, um, but you know, from his perspective and his experience in life, I get it. I get where yeah. he's coming from and why he wants to take a hammer out of the tool belt. Yeah, his
2: solutions are problematic, but his uh, his gripe is is definite definitely felt and it's real and it's and it's understood and and um. So, but yeah.
1: And I I, I like that he wasn't. I mean, obviously, but he, uh, he, it's in his name, Killmonger. Um But he wasn't perfect, and he wasn't afraid to show his scars, like he wore them, his scars like armor. Mm -hmm. And so he pressed into this difficult struggle of life. Now the pressing into, did he come out with the best solutions? You know, obviously probably not. We don't want to, again, um, he was probably bringing a a hammer to a conference meeting. So it's like wrong tool here. But again, I, I I just liked his complexity. Another character that I really enjoyed is No More from. Speaking of Black Panther, uh, from the second film, um, loved that uh, indigenous vibe and culture and language and dress and uh, like it, it was just such a very cool an unexpected turn. What were your thoughts of Namor?
2: I this is let me let me let me say a couple of things here. Number 1 in terms of who he was trying to preserve his culture and, and things like that. Um I really like that idea mm-hmm. of of saying I don't want to be influenced by the West it was very anti-colonial in that way, wasn't it? Like very much so. Just want to preserve my way of life. My people are happy. We don't want to be bothered. Mm-hmm. Um, he is—he's super powerful, um, and so, in my opinion, he goes to—he goes through too much trouble to um, to preserve that in the mm. movie. I feel like mm-hmm. he could have just destroyed some of those machines and just kept himself secret. Yeah. He exposed himself, came out, whatever, I've heard. Arguments against against that idea. Um, I understand his his whole purpose is to kind of send, send a clear message like we are not going to, um, you know, we're not going to s- just sit back as people come or develop weaponry or whatever to take back, to take what we have, our resources. It's that, it's that age-old um, you know what happened to Native Americans when, when, um, when it was discovered that their that their land is full of, of mm-hmm. different resources, mm-hmm. gold, whatever it is, um, they're driven out. Mm-hmm. Um, the same is true in this; their their land is full of vibranium. So, mm-hmm. well, speaking of Black Panther, let's let's sit here for just a moment, and I wanted to con- kind of bring Shang Chi into the conversation, mm-hmm. seeing that that's another. Marvel movie that to me um, it feels like Black Panther in the sense that it's taking us out of the United States and putting us in, in a brand new culture and society with Marvel characters this time taking place in China. Mm-hmm. And so as I think of those movies, though, I have I've I've been going back and forth and trying to ask this question of myself. Do you think even though I said I think Black Panther is the most uh, was what is how did we impactful? phrase it impactful character? hmm. My question is do black people in Shang-Chi unhelpfully pander mm. or do they give voice to an unrepresented? Demographic?
1: Pander. You think that they you think that they pander? I do. I think it's kind of like the token like here's your black film, here's your mm. Asian film, mm. you know, now you guys be quiet <laughs> as we continue on with phase mm. five of whatever we're gonna do and you know, it's none of that or you know, whatever it is. Um, I think it is just a, a little, um, what's the word? Uh, like, you could tell what's coming. Like, of course, it's going to be, you know, like Kung Fu. And you know what I mean? Like, it's all very, like, the Asian is, um, you know, very predictable. And um, black people fighting in the jungles of Africa, very predictable. So, I, I for me, it's... It's a um, a, it's a good step and an important step, probably in a broken system, um, getting to starting to take the right steps of representation, more Miles Morales-esque characters where they're unique, they're individual, they're built out, um, you're showing us, not telling us, doing more of that, I think, um, I think we'll get on, on the right track. But for me, it's it's a little pandering. What are your thoughts?
2: Hmm, interesting. Uh, well, let me say I think let me let the cynic in me speak first. Yeah, I think, I think that diversity in Hollywood is is um, is driven less by political mm-hmm. desire and more by money. Oh, a hundred percent. So if there isn't an audience, I don't think we're getting we're getting that film. Mm-hmm. So that's the cynic in me. Um, I'm sure that I'm that's sure that's the, not the realist. Let in me say you. this. I'm not saying that about the actual filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that about Ryan Coogler. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like different writers who are who are trying to write and, and and create these films. I'm talking about the studio right. to green light these movies. Yes. Um. And so I'm not I'm not in the room with them to know how did these movies come about and how did how did they know to to focus on them. Mm-hmm. Um. What I will say is, I do believe the positive representation is important. And I do believe that these movies are not silly or goofy. I think they're they're extremely well made. Mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. appreciate that. Mm-hmm, so
0: mm-hmm.
2: they're they're given huge budgets and they're they're really well done. Um, they have heart. They they normalize a non-white hero. hero. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's great. So we're watching an entire movie and it's we're not waiting for the white hero to swoop in. And there's no there's no real question about it either. Like. Um, it, it normalizes a non-American culture. I do appreciate that as well. So it takes us out of the United States, and we're watching a, a movie either in a made-up country in mm-hmm. Africa or in China or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not African or Asian, but I felt like the cultures, I think they were taken pretty seriously. I, I didn't, for me looking at it, it didn't look like it was in any way mocking necessarily or generic or...
1: Maybe Shang-Chi more than Black Panther, but it felt a little like mystical, dare I say oriental, like that 70s mm. vibe of what an Asian film might be or contain or something like that. And, and I say oriental purposely because that's the word that would have been used 50 years ago. Mm. Um, so yeah, to me, it just felt a little antiquated, like, like dang, these... Writers could have done so much more, and there could have been so much more depth and less caricatures. I think I said it right, you know, and more like, man, let, you know, just just let us get to know these these people and give us less of what the predictable thing is, and and more depth there uh, with Black Panther. I, I I I agree with a lot of. I mean, anytime we see a hero that looks like us is awesome. So. Like hands down for sure, but where improvements can be made again mm-hmm. is just this character piece, this depth piece, this show don't tell piece. Mm.
2: So you you felt as shang Qi, because uh, as you said that, that looks that looks like us, which is an interesting point because to this day, um, MCU has not focused on any Latin. Mm-hmm heroes you know we yeah. we haven't been taken out of the u.s and into into any of latin, any latin american countries or anything like that mm-hmm. um and so maybe the closest for us is africa no,
1: or No more. yes yeah namur yeah. would be the closest but even that i mean it's dope it's mm-hmm. it's more indigenous so that's pretty pretty freaking cool
2: yeah yeah so anyway that's so that's that's an interesting thought um by the way, if you want yeah. to hear more about Ryan Coogler, you can go to season one, episode six, where we where we talk about him. Yeah. And um, so I love Ryan Coogler. Same. And so I think Same. I think um, so. And I appreciate what he's trying to accomplish now. I don't yeah. think that the movies are perfect. And, and it sometimes I think that they miss the mark a little bit. But um as much as like Killmonger, for instance, is nuanced, like I think he could have been more nuanced, like oh,
1: 100%. if if he
2: didn't have if his solution wasn't, you know, let's let's enslave the entire world, mm-hmm. the white world. I know. It'd have been harder to go against him. Mm-hmm. And now you're 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 really struggling. But because there was that that piece of, of violence and, and him wanting to, to start wars, it's mm-hmm. easier to root against him. Mm-hmm. So that's where I would have appreciated maybe a little bit more nuance and make me really struggle mm-hmm. with do I do I side with him or not yeah that little piece makes me not side with him stellar performance awesome yeah I agree with his his overall point but again the solution is, is
1: something is wrong is with issue. me because I was rooting for him the whole yeah. time yes. I'm like you know I'm like man that's your cousin that's your blood like yeah work it out figure it out you know because mm-hmm. I mean in my mind I'm like Let's give Killmonger and some therapy. <laughs> let's give it, let's give him a good counselor. You know, we could we can, you know, there's some healing that needs to happen. But, you know, there there were on two sides of the pendulum. You know, they probably needed to meet somewhere in the middle yeah. with, you know, I don't know. It it just it just felt like, man, there was hope there and and both sides again had some really good points.
2: Let me just make one last point here. Um unlike Aquaman. Wakanda kind of forever I think nails the race bending.
1: Mm-hmm. Aquaman
2: and I think we talked about this last week. I love Momoa in that yeah, role. Yeah. I love Tomorrow Morrison as his, as his father. Um but where I think it fails in that movie is that um, their culture has very little impact on the film.
0: Mm, mm-hmm.
2: he, Aquaman just goes back to Atlantis which is all white again. Right. If the if uh the director had um decided to make all of Atlantis kind of this this um Pacific Amer uh, this Pacific Islander um culture i think that would have been a lot cooler very much so um so that's where with namor i appreciate that that was completely vamped to a, a, a more mesoamerican mm-hmm. um experience or or culture and um it's almost like they they were able to escape before the colon colonization of of mm-hmm. central south um america
1: yeah so i will say the one thing i was disappointed by in that film was kind of like you said um I, I didn't appreciate the pitting brown people against brown people it it just felt so off-putting and because i'm like why are they fighting like they have a common enemy it, it didn't really make sense that Part of the plot, it, it was it just rubbed me entirely the wrong way. The first half of the film was absolutely stellar. The you know the back history of Namor and his people, and um, the you know desire for vibranium, you know all that stuff, and kind of there was mystery around who these water people are. So the first half of the film was so cool, but then this weird struggle, and then they get to the point where it's like, oh yeah, duh, we have the same enemy. It, it was just like y'all knew this the whole time, like, and y'all have been alive for how long? You have got to be how smart, and you couldn't get here, you know, t- whatever sixty minutes ago. <laughs> I was just like,
2: was that the the result of
1: colonization? <sighs> this the pitting, ingrained
2: the pitting of two ethnically ethnically, um, uh, you know, minority minori- groups against each other." That's a
1: really great question. They have a
2: common enemy? Yeah, I don't know. It does. I guess they're not really being pitted against each other in the film. It happens a little bit more naturally in the sense that they should work together.
1: Yeah. Again, it it just the, the plot was just so problematic and I didn't I didn't understand it. So it that to me was, you know, the rubbing wrong right. But however, the the introduction of No More, the indigenous people um, getting to know Wakanda better, and uh, uh, that that part, those parts were very cool.
2: And with Shang-Chi, I forgot to mention that the director is of he has Asian um, Asian descent, mm. and so I do appreciate putting people of color into the into the producer or the director mm-hmm. role.
1: Yeah, but to answer the initial question of you know, do these movies unhelpfully, unhelpfully pander? I would say in some ways uh, they do. Um, there's lots of improvements that need to be made. But like you said, in some ways it's awesome to see um, black heroes and Asian heroes, yeah. um, female heroes um, on, on screen. And hopefully Marvel, give us some Latino heroes, bro. Give us some Latino heroes. Yeah, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think it's a little bit
2: closer though to it's helpful, especially as we we keep talking about this idea of give us new characters of color, and that's what these movies do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, new, and I I think the the you know respective word is new. Like, don't just you know take a character that's been around forever, this white guy, and then you know slap some brown skin on them Like.
2: Give us yeah, the Miles Morales. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: John, what are some areas of misrepresentation in Marvel movies?
1: This is an interesting one. I got to think about this one. Areas of misrepresentation. Can I ask you this question?
2: Yeah, so I, th- I already alluded mm-hmm. to it, is that there is both Latino misrepresentation and erasure. Now, when you, th- when you talked about caricatures before, even though I, I think he was hilarious, and I just said that I love the movie Ant Man, Michael Pena is kind of a character caricature of, mm. uh, you know, a Mexican yeah. guy who has his, uh, I don't know, his ear to the grapevine, and he knows um, this because his cousin told him this, and his nephew mm-hmm. told him that, and they, you know, and he's kind of the gossip, and <laughs> he doesn't. I mean, the his po- culture. Chiche. That's and that's how his culture plays a part yeah. in, in that movie. Is that. Uh, they're really good at gossiping.
1: Oh man, so. that's funny. I didn't even I, again uh, those films. I just put them out of my mind. I I don't even remember. I just remember seeing Michael Pena and him making me laugh, and so I'm he's like, he's hilarious. Yeah, success.
2: He's hilarious. But like, we we've also talked about this before. Like a couple, you know, they'll take um, uh, Zoe Saldana and, and hide her behind green skin, or they'll take mm-hmm. I, Oscar Isaac and race swap him, make mm-hmm. him whatever he is Egyptian or whatever. His oh, yeah. I, I can't remember. Or,
1: yeah, remember. he's uh, Jewish or mm-hmm, he's played lots he's of He's something, but he's
2: just not what he is.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. There's Rhodey in Iron Man. There's, there's just Alba in Thor, Heimdall. Nick Fury, of course. You have Drax and Gamora. You have Wong from Doctor Strange. You have Mantis from the Guardians of the Galaxy. MJ from Spider Man. You have um, Ned and Flash. Ned is Filipino and Flash, I think, is Indian from Spider Man. Those are the mm. high school kids. Um, Valkyrie. You have um, Rambo in Wanda Vision or Miss Marvel. She's a little girl, Miss Marvel, and then mm-hmm. she's the. Um, you have Miss Marvel, or Miss, I'm sorry, in Captain Marvel. You have Miss Marvel. She is um, Pakistani. Mm-hmm. You also have America Chavez. <clears throat> She's from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. She's Latina.
1: So misrepresentation in the MCU. Let's talk about Miss Chavez and her superpower of uh, crossing the border. <laughs> right. well like the latina that can cross the border <laughs> is uh is what she's really good at that would be an amazing superpower though uh, to travel wherever you want well to just cross the border without universes. hassle. <laughs> absolutely without i mean for her it was cool because she was even like crossing universes so she that that is definitely pretty pretty sweet um but i mean talk about misrepresentation like uh, you know again Especially in America, I think that Mexicans get such a bad rap. It is You know, we're the, and I'm half Mexican, half Puerto Rican, and my family's um, uh, life here in America has not always been easy. So my great-grandmother migrated here in the late 1800s, early 1900s, she had all of her Um, All of her children um, in the U.S., so my grandmother and all of her siblings uh, were born in Oklahoma, raised in Oklahoma, and it was a very racist place, as you can imagine, and um, so my grandma, if she spoke Spanish in school, would get punished, they would hit with rulers, you know, corporal punishment was a thing back then. And so when she had kids, she said, you know, I'm going to assimilate. Um, you know, I'm not going to teach my kids Spanish. They're going to be American. You know, speak English, eat hamburgers. Like, um, And so my mom and her siblings don't know Spanish. Myself and my cousins, we don't know Spanish. Um, there are certain things about our culture that, that are pervasive. You know, you just don't lose certain things Uh, you know the family closeness and the food and the dancing and the laughter and the love and all that stuff um, that's just kind of in our DNA but there are certain things that we are void of because of this heartache um, that our family has gone through so you know the so you know going back to you know my great-grandmother and and even till now, um, you know, thinking as as recent as Trump with "let's build the wall" and, you know, these Mexicans are the problem and blah blah blah. It's like, and in Florida, not wanting uh, Mexican labor workers and you know all that stuff. It's it's disheartening, so disappointing that our neighbors, for me, my that's my blood, um, would be subject to such ridicule. And such demonizing, um and then to have this character who's one of the first uh, Latinos um in the MCU, I think she is the first, right? I'm trying to think well, of hers. I, I mean, guess Pena. yeah, but he's not a Wh- superhero the
2: superpowers yeah I, th- I I think so yeah so i'm, I'm sure that I'll, I'll find one as soon as we, we're done
1: recording <laughs> of course. I i i will say one of the one of the few how about that one of the few if yeah. if there's many more um with superpowers and then you know this again the superpower that they give her is is that she can cross borders um just a little like dang we couldn't get something cooler like strength or reading people's minds or controlling people or invisibility or you know what i mean like man give us a good one it, that one is cool but you know read the room y'all this is this is just a, a little out of pocket so i would say that one is is uh one of the areas of misrepresentation in the mcu yeah
2: we, we talked about this one already but um i mean off off camera yeah off camera off mic um but I would say a, a big miss was the Eternals.
1: Oh my goodness! One, I wanted to like that so bad.
2: You know, and, and and I think that one felt a little bit more pandering to me than than the other two movies because it was like we have these eternal oh. beings, and somehow they're different. Um, and somehow they're eternally pandering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's yeah. all it was. And their their ethnicities really play no part. There's no there's no point to having somebody represent each each piece and so So I like I like representation Mm -hmm. I love you know I'd love to see people that are like me but in
1: in that case it seemed like they were just checking boxes they were like okay let's get the gays and let's get the uh the Asians and the uh, Latinos and let's get the blacks and let's get the you know it was just why I didn't it was terrible all in like just the just not a good movie. No.
2: But you know what? Here's the good news. You mentioned that Sony has Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he's mixed, his Latinidad mm-hmm. kind of is forefront mm-hmm. in it all. Um he's not light passing, so he's not you know, they didn't make him oh he's Latino but he has um you know, he passed for just, mm-hmm. just a, a white guy or something. Um but what I, I love about him is that he's urban Latino. Mm-hmm. so he's got that hip hop that soul um, kind of mixed into his culture as well graffiti artist, Jordan wearing, slang speaking he feels he feels the most authentic um, mm. like the most authentic character in the MCU X-Men mm-hmm. or the Sony movies
1: yeah I've said this before a good friend of mine her maiden name is Morales and her son um, has, he has both of his parents last names and, uh, you know, Spider-Man came out and he was like, oh, Morales, like me. And I'm like, oh, that is that is just heartwarming.
2: All right. Well, I think let's look into the future and fast forward on this episode. All right, Donnie, which Marvel Comics property do you want to see more of, whether there are any movies made of it or not? So. I don't know, you can make up something or is there something that we've we've gotten but you want to see more of it? You want to see it fleshed out a little bit more?
1: Ooh, good question. I think, um, well, obviously I would like to see more Latino uh, heroes um, cast into roles where they're leading characters in a film. Um, So that would be very cool. Like you mentioned, taking us to Central South America places we haven't been yet um, in the MCU. I know, like, the MCU, they're wrapping up, but it's not like they're not going to make any more films. You know, there's um, future phases. So um, seeing more, even the Caribbean, you know, just stuff like that, Mm -hmm. just kind of getting those vibes. Um, So that for sure I would love to see. And, man, I'm just a big Black Widow fan. So I would, I mean, obviously it would have to kind of be backstory stuff. Um, but if we can get more more Black Widow, that would that would be very cool. Uh like you mentioned, Hulk films could kind of be fun too um as part of the MCU. Uh, now that um uh, Disney purchased uh Fox, uh seeing more like Deadpool, um and somehow intermingling more X Men characters if they can. I don't know how all of the rights work but Any?
2: Have we, I don't think we've gotten X-Men yet in this universe.
1: You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Seeing some X-Men in the universe, yeah. too, would be super stellar. Again, I don't know how all the rights and all that good stuff works, but that would be cool. How yeah. about you? Yeah. I'm
2: with you. X-Men, for sure. Um, bringing Miles Morales to the silver screen, mm-hmm. live action, would be mm. pretty amazing. Although I love spider-verse so just yeah give me more spider-verse as well
1: heck yeah you know
2: what in fact forget the live-action stuff I would love to see that built out some more um, mm-hmm. either with miles Morales or, or, or build it out with some other um, characters of representation with mm-hmm. that style of animation
1: mm-hmm
2: kind of bring in a comic book to life
1: yeah that would be really cool All right, well, it is time to press pause like a sailor and reflect on points that have stuck out to us or kind of key takeaways. So, Robert, what are your final thoughts?
2: My final thoughts are Marvel has, I think they've had a a decent start. They've kind of had a token Mm
0: -hmm.
2: person of representation in all their movies. Mm -hmm. They've had a few movies that help expand the world outside of white America Mm -hmm. which I think is is helpful. Um, But I would love to see Marvel be a lot more intentional and subtle about their diversity Mm -hmm. a lot like Mm -hmm. Spider-Verse.
0: Spider-Verse
2: Like you said earlier, does not throw it in our face that he is Latino. Mm -hmm. They just it just shows us. It doesn't tell us. Yeah, he is who he is. Marvel is very much, very much. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what what we're doing. Let me tell you about the diversity that we're we're including. And um, like I said, I am not dis uh, just discounting all of that. I think that they've they've kind of laid some good. Foundation, but I think they can they can they can do better and like personally, I'm not excited to see um, Just black Captain America. Mm, I do want to see new characters. Yeah, that's where I think X-Men X-Men would be would be great to some of those some of those characters. So yeah, um,
1: create new characters. Oh, yeah. yeah so while I've appreciated the
2: Kind of the expanding of, of of the universe into into different cultures and, and things like that. Um, I would love to see. I I think I would just love to see more of that, and uh, like with Spider Verse even show us. Uh, urban diversity.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
2: love it. Give me a superhero from the hood.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm in it
2: call that. Is that what they're kind of trying to do in in Wakanda Forever with um
1: with Killmonger?
2: No, with no no in Wakanda Forever. The,
1: yeah. Uh, Cuz he's raised in like a project.
2: That's the first movie. Yeah. That's that's Oh, you're talking about the second one, sorry. Wakanda, Wakanda Forever. Wonder. Yeah. With, with with the girl from <laughs> She said it like three need, times, my bad. No, no, it's, no it's, all, it's all good. I forget where she's going to school. Uh, Why am I blanking out? But she becomes Ironheart.
1: The girl from Chicago. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um where are where are they? Yeah. What school is she at? <laughs> I feel like she's yeah. at like a Harvard or something. I cannot remember for the for the life of me. And she is in Chicago, right? Like when she's going to she's school. She's from she, Chicago.
1: Oh, so maybe she's on the East Coast, like MIT or something like yeah, that, because she's like, like a real techie kind of gal. That sounds
2: like that sounds right. Yeah. So that might be wrong. That's Anywhere. probably wrong. Sorry guys. But, but anyway, you Sorry. get. You, I don't know if that's if she's supposed to be like. That hood superhero, but kind again, of, yeah. like I said, it doesn't really come out so much.
1: Yeah, I mean, and again, she plays such a small. Yeah, I mean, her her role is kind of cool. Like, you know, is that right? this this girl from Chicago, she creates this amazing. Okay, you know, I was like, okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. It was, it was whatever. But yeah, but it is you're right, and definitely an afterthought. <laughs> Final thoughts. Marvel, uh, th- we need new writers, new comic writers, new. Screenplay writers, um, you know Ryan Coogler can't be the only one out there. Like, there, there's, there's got to be um, people that are passionate about telling uniquely Black, Brown, Asian, Pacific Islander, um, you know, stories and creating these really deep characters that we want to know and love. And one of the things I. I i think is kind of cool about the human experience is um no matter what is if you're telling um a story about a character and there's depth to that individual there's going to be pain there's going to be struggle there's going to be disappointment and hurt there's also going to be joys and highs and you know all of that that's essentially what we're looking for is like give us real stories that we can Connect with, vibe with. I think that's why you're talking about that urban piece.
0: Yeah,
1: we're not hood. We're urban. We grew up in a metropolis in a huge city, Chicago. Neither of us not grew up. Not
2: metropolis itself, right? <laughs> in a metropolis.
1: In a metropolis. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. I mean, oh, DC was last week. I'm so sorry. I guess Keep you going. could say we're we grew up in Gotham, technically. I guess I don't. Chicago was, you know, Batman Begins yeah. was yeah. so. Almost. Technically, yeah. um. So, but uh, again, like we didn't grow up hood, but we grew up urban, and and that's something that we want to see, on this on the silver screen, and um, you know, in the, the the shows that we watch. So, final thoughts: I'm excited to see new young writers come up and and tell the stories that we're hoping to see and connect with. Um, the MCU has taken some steps, and I hope that seeing you know, some box office hits tells them, hey, there's an audience for these stories and they continue to, to develop them. So MCU, we're, we're hoping for more and we'll show up in the theaters for it. Just
2: don't give Donny any more Ant-Man.
1: No more Ant-Man, please. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I feel bad, I feel bad, but phew, not a fan, not a fan. Well, this is where we press stop, but have no fear. We will press that play button again soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Mixtake. Join us next time as we continue this journey in the far stretches of the universe. If you enjoyed the episode, please give us five stars um, on Apple Podcast or wherever you tune in. Also, head over to worldoutspoken.com, a site preparing the Mestizo Church for cultural change, where you'll find information on consulting services thought-provoking blog posts and other great podcasts such as the feature questions from the pew la ventanita the mestizo podcast the show for the mixed people of the mixed church also head over to worldoutspoken.com um, and order some cool merch yeah. um, there's lots of good like, t-shirts and mugs and all kinds of fun things
2: Also, follow us on Instagram, IG at mixtape. (laughs) Mixtape. How many times when you tell somebody not mixtape?
1: I know I have to like be super specific about M-I-X mixtape. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're right. And for all the Gen Xers and below, uh, we're also on Facebook. (laughs) True. You can also follow me. Uh, <laughs> live. And follow Donnie and Donnie Jack Yo <laughs> I,
0: uh,
2: Special thanks, of course, to our producer, Richie. Rich Hurtado He is East
1: Mode East Mode yeah. well,
2: Long distance, dude. And his thing
1: He's all the way out in L.A. We're here in Chicago recording
2: Right Also thanks to Ricky Padilla And the World Outspoken crew We hope that you join us again as we continue to dive into the nerdy part of the world of culture, influencing, entertainment, all of those things. And until next time, cut.
1: It's a wrap.